Canon Roger Knight, born <clears throat> 1941. I was born in Bournemouth to George Frank and Mabel Florence, maiden name Petty. My father had one sister, whilst my mother had one sister and two brothers. Mum's family came from Branscore in Hampshire. Both Mum's brothers were in the forces. One in the RAF whilst the other was in the army. <clears throat> Dad's mother came from a working class background. She was divorced from her first husband and then remarried to a surveyor who was also a rather strict Methodist local preacher. On his mother's second marriage, my father changed his name to Knight. Otherwise, would have been, mine would have been Pesquet. I believe that mum worked in a shop until she married and I was born. Her mother did bed and breakfast. Mum, father left school and he went to work for David Greggs, which was the predecessor of what became Sainsbury's. However, he left this job and joined the Navy, where he eventually became a store's chief, chief petty officer. Father remained in the Navy for the next 25 years. But after leaving the Navy, he worked for the National Health Service as head stores manager at the Royal Victoria Hospital in Bournemouth. I was educated at Malmesbury Park County Infants and then Junior School. Having failed my 11 plus exam, I went to Portchester Secondary Modern School. I was quite relieved because I thought that the grammar school uniform was awful. I think that I was fortunate to be at this secondary school as it was the first to introduce O-levels. I ended up taking five, including maths. At this time, having grown to love maths from being a Boy Scout, I thought that I might like to work for the Ordnance Survey in Southampton. Having left school in June, I filled in an application form to become a surveyor. The invitation for an interview didn't arrive until September, by which time I had become tidal waited, waiting and visited the local labour exchange. I was offered three jobs and chose to train as a certified accountant at the Bournemouth, Bournemouth branch of Max Factor & Co, Inc. of Hollywood. I remained there for three years before coming to the conclusion that accountancy wasn't for me. Apologies for the knock at the door and the dog barking. It was whilst I was working as a Sunday school teacher that I began to realise that I would really like to have a job where I work with people. With this in mind, I began to train as a teacher at Cullum near Abingdon. I was one of the first of the three course for... I was one of the first of the three course for teacher training, which meant a nine-week teaching practice during the snow of 1963 winter. In my first time, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, spending a month being stabilised as a mobile patient in the Royal Victoria Hospital. Sadly and unexpectedly, my mum died just after Christmas, and her funeral service took place before I returned to take up my college course. My father's mother had come to live with us, but because of the additional pressure, there were several rows. 
As I was only 19 when my mum died, I had to grow up very quickly when my dad decided to sell the family home and move into Diggs, later to marry my mother's best friend. Dad decided my mother's best friend Eva, who lived across the road from us. I went to live with Dad's sister in Portsmouth. I finished my teacher training in 1963. It was whilst... I was a teacher training college that one of the assistant chaplains asked me if I'd ever thought of becoming a priest. Having thought very carefully about this change of direction in my career, I decided to do two years as a teacher before going to the theological college. My first teaching post was at Wimmering Primary School, Portsmouth, with a mixed ability class of 46. But there was an immediate challenge Challenge, though, in that my father was initially against my decision to become a priest. It was whilst I was attending the local church, 1961-65, that it was decided that there was a need to set up a drop-in youth club. This group was set up by a young woman called Anne Stewart and myself. Initially, I was not particularly drawn to Anne. However, our friendship began while she and I were involved in taking a group of young people Dawlish, Anne, who became my wife, was also a teacher at Gosport Grammar School, where she had also been a student. During the ordinary selection process and before I took an interest in Anne, I was interviewed by the Director of Ordinance, who told me not to even think of having a girlfriend until I had qualified as a priest. However, the Bishop of Portsmouth, who I saw several months later, took a more liberal stance, and I managed to find a theological college which accepted married couples. We married on the 31st of July 1965, and I started at Lincoln Theological College. Our daughter Susan Margaret was born in 1967. We remained at Lincoln for another two years. It was a fairly enjoyable time for us, although we were very much reliant on Anne's salary as a teacher. I managed to pass my exams, apart from the New Testament Greek. I was given the job of leading the student pastoral work at St George's Hospital, where I worked during the college breaks as a medical social worker, presumably because I was a trained teacher. I also supervised the student teacher training. My wife and I went on parish visits to Rotherham and to Bristol, I was delighted to be offered a post of the second curate in the Hartcliffe Bristol Estate Parish, a lively slum community with a well-known vicar. It was not an easy time for Anne living in a small council flat with me to care for and two small children, our son David James having been born in 96, 1968, and above all, very little money. Hartcliffe is a working-class community with, in those days, heavy demand on the clergy. One of our immediate neighbours summoned me to go and visit his dad, who, who had found drunk and in bed. Could I help him? Our comparative poverty sometimes meant Anne going, to sh going shopping with only a pound to spend. Whilst we were there, a new curate's house was built in the garden of the vicarage, and so we moved into this brand new house. When I tried to dig the garden, all I found was coal dust. 
Eventually, we decided that though, though that we couldn't drunk along with so little money coming in, so I returned to teaching. We realised that we had to get some savings in order to have a mortgage, and thus our own house. It was decided that we could either afford to move to Norfolk or Northamptonshire. These were the only areas where the house prices were the lowest in the country at the time. I was only 28 at the time. I applied to be a head teacher at Twywell, a tiny church primary school. I was perplexed with the apparent lunar landscape of the former Northamptonshire ironstone mining, ironstone mining when I arrived. I wondered where I had come to. I had a letter from the rector of Woodford, a most eccentric gentleman who met me at the door, still wearing his pyjamas and dressing gown and holding a glass of whisky. He was watching the horse racing on TV. He told me that his wife, a local hospital matron, would soon be home to cook dinner. Over the after-dinner coffee, I was amazed to be offered the job 24 hours before the, before the actual interview. The power of clergy in those days and in some places. I was quite taken aback and I asked if I might, and I asked if I might think about it. Having walked to the top of the village, I phoned my wife from the telephone box. She said, you had better take it then. The following day, I drove around searching for a likely house that we might be able to afford to buy with a 100% mortgage, including borrowing the deposit from the bank. How times have changed. When it came to the job interview, there were two other ladies and me on the short list, or perhaps the only list. It was only later that I was, dis I dis I was discovered that there had been plans to close the school due to falling numbers since 1945. The managers as school governors were called in primary schools in those days, and in particular the county council, really wanted someone to manage the closure of the school. Following the, the three of us being interviewed, there then followed a long delay before the interview door was opened and I was called in. Mr Knight, we have decided to offer you the job as headmaster at Twywell School on a trial basis. The Deputy County Education Officer added, No, Rector, if you want him, you must offer him the job on a permanent basis. And so I was to move back to teaching. Having been advised by a local estate agent that head teachers tend to live in Barton Seagrave, we moved in July 1969 to 122 Queensway in Burton Latimer, the town next door. These were the days when people took their carpets with them when they moved. We moved from Bristol over two days, arriving early the next day with two small children, to find the promised brand new house had not been cleaned at all. The floors in the house required a good scrub. We had no alternative than to lay the carpets down, later on taking the carpets up one at a time to clean them, to clean the floors. We were to remain in the same house for the next five years, attending the local parish church in Latimer. I was delighted to discover that there were two people there whom I had trained with at college. I became the assistant priest there, and began to be involved in the life of the small town. It was in 1971 that I stood for Burton Latimer Town Council. I was also the founder member of the Burton Latimer Children's and Youth Council, 
which began its work by running a holiday club for local children. At Twywell School, I introduced school dinners and was successful in a campaign for small, for small schools to employ secretarial help because they are also full-time teachers. It was the early days of management speak. Numbers were kept steady by welcoming children from nearby towns and villages and my wife Anne was employed for an afternoon a week to teach music. After about four years I started to apply for another headship in a larger school and was called for an interview at three of them. As a licensed priest I informed the bishop who was asked who asked me to go to Peterborough to see him. The bishop feeder Bishop Fever was Fever was rather a blunt man. He said to me, Roger, I want you to stop this teaching nonsense and become a parish priest. About a fortnight later, the phone rang at school and he told me that Naseby and Hazel Beach, two small villages in the west of the county, would be ideal. He added that the pay wasn't very good, as I well knew, but I'd be given a pheasant for Christmas. We moved into the attractive village in Naseby in December 1974, having paid ourselves for the installation of storage heaters, and in the spring I found it that it took me four hours to cut the grass. I had about 500 people in the two parishes. My children went to the village school. I found that, time, that I had time to spare, and having failed on two occasions to get elected to the local council in Burton Latimer, I stood for election in 96 for the local Gillsborough Ward of Daffentry District Council, as well as for Naseby Parish Council. I was elected as an independent member of Daventry Council by nine votes after two recounts and served until 1979 when I, was re when I was removed as Mrs Thatcher became Prime Minister by the Conservatives who challenged my seat with a well-known local farmer and garage owner who was also a church member. By then I had also moved three miles to Clipston having taken on two more parishes. I carried on as a councillor with Naseby Parish Council, but it was in 1981 that I decided that it was time to move parishes. We moved to St Peter's and Andrews in Corby in 1982, moving in the snow. I served in Corby and Great, Great and Little Oakley from 1982 to 1988. When we arrived, the steel works having closed, there was a high rate of unemployment in the still new town. With government money, my church ran a neighbourhood centre which employed 10 staff and acted as a centre for those of all ages to meet each other and take part in useful activities. My wife continued to work as a teacher in Market Harbour and then as a home school liaison teacher in Corby. Corby constituency was formed for the 1984 general election, my church had a big hall and I chaired a very lively meeting of the candidates. Someone from the back of the hall yelled out what he thought that my chairing skills that he thought my chairing skills were worse than those of Robin Day. William Powell, a Conservative, was elected as Corby's first MP. Quite a shock for a predominantly Labour town. The Bishop offered me Daventry whilst I was still in Corby. He told me that he didn't like people being in Corby for more than five years. I began looking for another move, including informally going to Prescott in Liverpool, where subsequently my son's marriage were to be read 14 years later.
When I told Bishop Westwood that I was not attending the interview, he suggested I look at either Billing or Earthingborough. We moved into Earthingborough Rectory in November 1988 for the start of a very busy 10 years of ministry in a thriving community with lots of activity. In 1989, I became the Rural Dean of Higham and I held this post for five years and, after serving as a member of the Peterborough Board of Education, for several years, in 1993, the Bishop asked me to take his place as its chairman. In 1992, I had become an honorary canon of Peterborough Cathedral. The only job that I had that, that involved no extra work Having been always keen on football and supporting my local team, I used to go to Nem Park in Earthingborough. 1992 saw the merger of Earthingborough and Diamonds and Rushton Town with Max Griggs of Doc Martins investing thirty million in a state-of-the-art stadium. I became its cha- club chaplain and Ma- Max generously made me a club vice president which entitled me to 11 years of free watching as well as having a meal before each game. When Max decided to sell the club in 2004, I was asked to chair a meeting to set up a supporters trust and then I became the first chairman of its, chairman of its board. Although we all worked very hard, we had to accept that running a professional football club and such a, a superb stadium in a rural part of the Midlands was not sustainable. As supporters moved away and the club relegated twice, the trust brought in a businessman to run it. Eventually, in 2011, with a club in the league below the main football league, Division 2, and after failure by a group brought in by the owner, Rushton and Diamonds F Football Club folded and was removed from the Conference League. This caused much anguish and not a little of bad feeling, but within two months, a fans, a fans rallied and a new club known as AFC Rushton and Diamonds, which began with an under-18 side playing at Rawns and now has over 30 teams and 700 members who are part owners. In April 2015, the club first team has won two promotions and is now back in the second division of the Southern League from where the old club started in 1992. I have remained as a club chaplain, having been closed, involved in a still unfulfilled search for a ground of their own in the Rushton area. In 1999, with around seven years to go before I might retire from parochial ministry, I returned as rector to Burton Latimer, a parish with several challenges to deal with. In 2002, having been changed to the latest human insulin, I found that it didn't suit me. My consultant recommended early retirement and we moved in 2003 to high and fairies where Anne could enjoy singing in its excellent church choir and I could be within walking distance of Nen Park and my voluntary work as a sports chaplain. We became active members of St Mary's High and Ferris, where I sometimes led worship when not required elsewhere and I also again my 10th Northamptonshire school became a governor of the soon to be opened Henry Chichil Lee Primary School. David had already moved to Higham Ferris and his two children were to be pilgrims at my new school where we had pleasure of choosing its name, uniform and staff.
In 2008, my daughter Sue suggested we move, that we move for the third time to Burton Latimer to live next door to her so that she could keep an eye on us. We could, of course, do likewise for her grandchildren, who were now teenagers. This has proved to be a good idea and led me to once more to get involved in local politics in the place where it began. In 2011, I became a town councillor and was the mayor of Burton Latimer from 2013 to 2014. Apart from the buildings and the disinterest of many in local politics, not much had changed in 40 years, although there was much excitement over a poorly formulated, formulated proposal for a gypsy traveller site in the town and quite a lot of mainly muted concern about the increase in building, not least in nearby Kettering East, which requires a new junction on the A14 and knock-on effects of Forbert and Latimer. The much heralded talk from the coalition government, localism, including the passing of an Act of Parliament, and the so-called big society, something I've always believed in, has had minimal effect in the Kettering area and throughout the nation. It has been a privilege to have taken part in so many community activities, either as part of my paid work or in voluntary roles for local councils and in the NHS. Although it is said by the locals that you have to live in Burton Latimer for 20 years before coming accept, becoming accepted, and I've only lived there in three different ships, shifts for 16 years, Anne and I count Burton Latimer, the A6 towns of Earthing, Burr and High and Ferris, not to mention Northamptonshire itself, very much our home. Perhaps significant for two Hampshire hogs brought up close to the south coast. We have regretted living we have regretted living far from the sea, although no doubt appreciate it more when we do access the coast on holiday. But living close to our so close to our two children and four grandchildren has always been a key part of our love for the county. <laughs>